BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. A 27-year-old teacher from South Carolina is accused of sending a student nude pictures on Snapchat and having sexual contact with him in the parking lot of a Pizza Hut. The alleged sexual battery happened twice last month. The charges Reagan Anderson faces say the teen was either 16 or 17 and wasn't coerced. Deputies in Orangeburg County said they found out about the alleged sexual battery last month after a coach noticed the nude photos on the student's phone. Anderson was a teacher at Holly Hill Academy, that's a private school. The student's mom actually called out Anderson in court Thursday when she spoke. This is what she said, quote, a trusted teacher, coach, and friend that abused our trust and violated her oath as an educator and has ruined our son's life. He should be 100% focused on being a fun-loving, football-playing young man, but this predator has robbed him of that ability. Reagan Anderson appeared in court on Thursday. The judge actually set her bail at $2,500. The charges she faces carry a possible sentence of less than five years in prison. I'm Anjanette Levy. Happy Friday. This is Crime Fix. This is Law and Crime's rundown of the top stories in both the worlds of crime and law. Big news in a trial we covered for you gavel to gavel here on Law and Crime. Maya Kowalski has filed a criminal complaint claiming she was sexually assaulted at Johns Hopkins All Children's Hospital in St. Petersburg, Florida. Kowalski and her lawyer spoke with Fox News Channel's Martha McCallum on the story. I am claiming that there was sexual abuse. It's something that I was quite quiet about for a couple of years because I was worried it wasn't going to be taken seriously. That claim was made at the end of the trial, where a jury awarded Kowalski and her family $260 million in punitive and compensatory damages. Kowalski's lawyers successfully argued the hospital was responsible for causing Maya's mom, Bieta, to take her own life. Doctors had claimed Bieta was making her daughter sick on purpose, which is called Munchausen by proxy syndrome. It actually turned out that Maya suffered from a rare neurological disorder, complex regional pain syndrome. St. Petersburg police are investigating the complaint. The alleged perpetrator of the sexual assault isn't known. His identity is a mystery, according to Kowalski's lawyer. Maya's story became very famous nationwide from the Netflix documentary, Take Care of Maya. We have another sexual assault claim, and this is a big one. It's against Sean P. Diddy Combs. His ex-girlfriend, Cassie, has filed a lawsuit claiming that he sexually assaulted and beat her. That civil suit has such shocking allegations, it actually includes a trigger warning on the first page. Cassie, whose legal name is Cassandra Ventura, claims that Combs forced her to have sex with male sex workers, beat her savagely, raped her, and forced her to carry his gun in her purse as a reminder of just how dangerous he could be. The two started dating back in 2005 when Cassie was 19 and Combs was 37. It's important to note that Combs has not been accused of a crime in criminal court and has not ever been charged with it. He hasn't responded to this suit just yet. This year hasn't exactly been great for Combs as far as allegations go. His name has come up repeatedly in the investigation into the murder of rapper Tupac Shakur back in 1996. 
Dwayne Keefe D. Davis is charged in that murder, and Davis has claimed many times to be associated with Combs. Combs's company did not respond to an earlier request from me and Law and & Crime about Keefe D. and Tupac Shakur's murder. A Colorado plastic surgeon is going to jail for two weeks after his patient's heart stopped on the operating table. The Colorado Medical Board suspended Dr. Jeffrey Kim's medical license after he was sentenced to 15 days in jail and two years of probation. 18-year-old Emma Lynn Wynn was undergoing a breast augmentation surgery back in 2019 when she went into cardiac arrest after getting anesthesia. She was in a coma and died 14 months later. On the day of the incident, Kim did CPR on Wynn and got her heart going again, but actually misled her family about what was going on and just how serious her condition was. He didn't transfer her to a hospital and told his staff not to call 911. Can you believe that? Kim will also have to pay a $50,000 fine, pay for court costs, and do 120 hours of public service at a long-term care facility for people who have brain injuries. Police in Wichita, Kansas, actually believe that domestic violence led to a young woman's death. 24-year-old Brittany Wicker was found dead in her home from a gunshot wound last Sunday. Now police say they found her suspected killer in Texas. Wichita police say they worked with the Department of Homeland Security and Border Patrol to arrest 26-year-old Carlos Anderson Honeycutt in Brownsville, Texas. They're now working to get him extradited back to Kansas. Anderson Honeycutt is charged with first-degree murder. In another case, Oregon police didn't have to go too far to find their man this week. The Oregon City Police Department says Anthony Wessel walked right into the police station and confessed to killing his wife. He said he shot her. Police rushed to the home and found Anna Wessel dead from two gunshot wounds to the head. The two had four children who were at school when the shooting happened. Anna Wessel was a manager at a local game store called Geeks and Games in Oregon City. She was well known in the community. The night before her death, she had actually organized a tournament for a card collecting game. Anthony Wessel is charged with second degree murder. You probably remember Johnny Depp's lawyer, Camille Vasquez, and her tough, tough cross-examinations during the defamation trial. I mean, how could you forget? Sitting here today, you have not donated the $7 million donated, not pledged, donated the $7 million divorce settlement to charity. I use pledge and donation synonymous with one another. They but I the don't. Ms. Heard, I don't use it synonymously. That's how donations are paid. Ms. Heard, respectfully, that's not my question. Well, Vasquez is now being recognized for her work with an award from the American Lawyer. That's a site that covers legal news. Her law firm, Brown Rudnick, posted a message from her on X. Take a look. This is one of the moments I call a pinch me moment. It's a moment of reflection and where I can express my gratitude for the numerous people who have supported me along the way. I learned early on the value of an education from my parents. For first-generation Hispanic women, that meant endless opportunities. Vasquez was named Young Lawyer of the Year. She was selected from a pool of eight lawyers under 40. Congratulations to her. We got some big, big news in Alec Murdoch's case in South Carolina today. He's agreed to plead guilty to the more than 100 financial crimes charges he faces. All that has been stated up to this point, um, how do you plead? I plead guilty, Your Honor. This shouldn't be a complete shock to you because Murdoch had already pleaded guilty to these crimes in federal court. 
And of course, he admitted on the stand in his double murder trial that he stole millions and millions from clients and his law firm. Murdoch will serve 27 years on the state charges. He hasn't been sentenced yet in federal court. Now this, of course, is separate from the murder case where he's asking for a new trial for the murders of his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. He claims the clerk of court, Becky Hill, tampered with the jury. She, of course, denies that allegation. This comes as the lead investigators are also talking about the case for the first time publicly to Dateline. Let's take a look at that tense moment from Alec Murdoch's third interrogation with SLED agent David Owen. Do you think I killed Maggie? I have to go where the evidence and the facts take me. I understand that. you think I killed Paul? I have to go where the evidence and the facts take me. What's not on video is... I had to escort him out of the building, and he turned around and he says, David, I understand why you have to ask these questions. I want to thank you for doing your job. <laughs> and he shook my hand. Were you surprised by that? After I just accused him of killing his wife and son? Hell yeah. Now back to the financial crimes cases. Alec Murdoch has agreed to cooperate with state prosecutors and outline how he carried out these schemes. He'll be formally sentenced at a later date. At that time, the victims will have a chance to address the court and Murdoch. We'll have that covered for you. We'll be there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Now to another big case we covered for you here at Law and Crime. It's the case of Timothy Farrader, the man convicted of locking his adopted son in a custom-built box. He's learned his sentence. Farrader will spend five years in prison and then five years on probation after his release for the abuse. Here's the judge. This wasn't a one-day deal or a two-day deal. This was a situation that occurred over a six-week period in the state of Florida. And so what that tells me is that there were plenty of opportunities that the defendant had to reflect on whether what he was doing was wrong. The victim, Ronan Farrader, also spoke at the sentencing. A lot of people dislike you because of your actions, and some have feelings of hatred. However, I still love you, and I will continue to love you for the rest of my days. But how do I feel about you? I feel sad. I feel sympathy. I feel hope. But most importantly, I feel forgiveness. Other people may not think that, but I do. Timothy Farrader also spoke, and get this. He said that he did what he did out of love. Another unthinkable case. A Missouri mom allegedly strangled her son to death, then left the boy in the back seat of the car while she ran a bunch of errands. Police arrested 36-year-old Shanika Ann McKenzie in Florida, where she had recently moved. 
They believe she strangled her eight-year-old son, Jason, in the back seat and left him there. She showed up at a Florida hospital with Jason's lifeless body. There was an autopsy, and the medical examiner found that he died from asphyxiation. And get this, McKenzie then went to the police station and reportedly confessed to all of it. McKenzie said she had been planning to kill the boy for the past few days. Jason was apparently asleep in the back seat when McKenzie says she put a black tablecloth over him, suffocating and strangling him. She admitted to running multiple errands around Miami with the boy's body in the back seat. McKenzie is behind bars with no bond and she is charged with first degree domestic violence murder. Another senseless killing, this one in Texas. Authorities arrested two men for allegedly killing their 17-year-old friend over a $10 bet. It happened back in 2020. Police say 21-year-old Bobby Tovar Jr. and 18-year-old Manuel Guzman Escalante beat Oscar Rangel and left him to die on the side of a road. Rangel was found wearing only boxer shorts and a t-shirt on December 31st of 2020. He was also barefoot. According to police, the victim and suspects were all at a friend's house back on December 30th of 2020 where they did some drugs. At some point, Tovar got mad at Rangel, over $10 Rangel owed him. The suspects reportedly put the highly intoxicated victim in the bed of a truck, drove for a bit, and then took him out, beat him on the side of the road, leaving him to die in the cold, according to investigators. Both Tovar and Guzman Escalante are expected in court next month. Now to Michigan for a story that makes you think, did that really actually happen? This man went to court this week, and he decided to interrupt the judge to let her know he was on a mission. Scott Schultz is a convicted sex offender. He was in court this week for an arraignment after allegedly trying to break into several homes in a Mount Clemens, Michigan neighborhood. The 60-year-old interrupted the judge at one point to say, quote, I'm on a mission I have to complete by year's end. The prosecutor stopped him right there and didn't allow him to continue. Police say Schultz is a habitual offender who often exposes himself to people, sometimes at places like homes and churches. For now, Schultz is being held on a $500,000 bond on charges of home invasion and indecent exposure. And that's your crime fix for this Friday, November 17th, 2023. I'm Anjanette Levy. Thanks so much for joining us. Remember, you can watch Crime Fix every night on Law & Crime's YouTube channel at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can also download it wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend.